go. Episode 509. 509. No Laugh Track podcast here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My name is Justin Severson. I'm sitting right across from Derek Hughes, stand-up magician Derek Hughes, who has done this podcast a, a number of times, and each time is a gem. Feel very at home. Yeah, you should. You know, your energy spiked right after we started there. We were, we were, we were, we were hanging in the living room, and, and suddenly we're on stage. You're, <laughs> you're a good man. Um, thank you for bringing the energy. I'll try to, I'll match it, Justin. I'll match it. <laughs> you're, not, you're not peaking on a Thursday afternoon, energy-wise? No, not after doing morning radio. Come on. True, Up true. Early. Uh, let's get this right out of the way. Nor- naps, pro or con? Pro. Pro, right? Pro. Yeah. But you can't nap too long. 90 minute max. Whoa. Is that too long? Whoa. Is, that a, <laughs> is that a full night's sleep for you? I mean, <laughs> no, but that's, yeah, that's, that's a hell of a nap. That's a full recharge for me. That's, that's the battery. The battery goes to full. Can you get by with a 20? Yeah. Have you ever tri- tried to do that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I think I've mastered the 20. Although sometimes the 20 turns into 40 of like 20 good, 40, two snoozes. If you're lucky. If In you're any lucky. case, welcome back to Acme Comedy Company. It's so nice to you're, be back. You're what we say. You're pretty much your home club here. It huh? is my home yeah, club. Absolutely. 100%. What your first year, first time you were on stage here? Oh my God. I mean, that was an open mic. Uh, no, it wasn't an open mic. Yes, it was. It was an open mic. Uh, I remember my joke. It was, uh, what if they uh, had open mics for other jobs? You know, like, hey, Minneapolis Police Department presents open badge night. Uh, <laughs> it was not a good joke. Uh, Lewis did not start booking me based off my appearance on that one open mic. Um, but then it was uh, Nick Swartz. You should have tried and- that, like, in 2020 when things were going pretty haywire here in Minneapolis. That one might have gone well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Criticizing geez. the police. Oh but in God. any case. Yeah. It was also uh, Fairview Southdale presents open scalpel night. And that, I think the gag was, uh, I mean, that would help with, uh, you know, the, the health care issue, you know, getting, if you had free... Free surgeries by amateurs. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, and then Swartzen, Nick Swartzen called me. He was like, hey, HBO's doing a contest. And it was for the HBO Comedy Festival. And this was, you know, before Nick Swartzen was Nick Swartzen. Yeah. And uh, I picked him up. We carpooled down and we were both uh, selected to be one of the 10 finalists that night. Frank Caliendo had driven in from Milwaukee um, and Nick won that night. And uh, went on to showcase at Zany's in Chicago. And then he went to the festival. And I remember the booker, Lisa Lingang, had reached out to Frank and me and said, hey, I can't pay your way, but uh, I'd love for you to showcase for producers at Zany's. So I, Nick and I actually went out together uh, for that showcase. And then, uh, yeah, he's the one who made it through to the finish line. <laughs> and now has a date at uh, Treasure Island Casino coming up this Certainly fall. Certainly does. I assume you've already bought tickets or hit him up for tickets. You always seem to go Nick, see Nick and all your I buddies. I do go see Nick. And I and I and here's a, here's a question. Do you buy tickets for your friend's shows? Because I get yelled at. I get yelled at for buying tickets. From the talent. From the talent. And then they go, dude, hit me up. I want to get tickets. What are you doing? That's so weird. That's, that's weird you're buying tickets. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's weird because A... When I'm doing a show, I'm focused on other things. I don't want to manage a guest list, and I I can buy a ticket right now. You know, like I'm I knock on wood. I'm I can I can afford to go see a friend's show. Yeah. So, uh, how about you, comps? 
No I cops? mean, if we want to start opening up our financials to each other, uh, <laughs> I'll be asking for comps for the rest of my life. I see. The way that it looks Copy that. Now. <laughs> Copy that. Copy that. Understood. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, Brandon and I, I will say recently, um, we hit up a friend of ours, a comedian friend of ours, Sean Patton, to go see him perform when he opened for David Cross oh, cool. in St. Paul a few months ago. Great. And I do not regret that whatsoever. No. I think Sean was happy to give us tickets. We got to hang out afterwards. I met David. We met David Cross. You met at David one Cross. Point, I was, at one point, I was one-on-one -on -one with him for at least five minutes at Allery's Bar wow. in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is now closing and rebranding or something. Man. In any case... Yes. So awesome. That, and uh, well, I see, that's one vote for comps. Uh, Gareth Reynolds, who has I, just been announced that he's coming back to camera, Acme. Is it? I, <laughs> please. <laughs> Gareth Reynolds is coming back to Acme later this year. He, I found out a couple days before Burt Kreischer was at Target Center earlier this year that Gareth was opening for him. And I messaged Gareth Reynolds via Instagram and said, Hey, I know it's last second. I saw your opening. If you have tickets. So, you're asking me? Yeah, I definitely ask for the freebies, and I don't feel... Uh, but nobody. But also, I'm not a comedian, so nobody's, I don't think they're expecting me. Or um, I, No one's saying either way, like, oh, no, you should buy or don't buy. Like, it's not a problem. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. I was happy to go. I was happy to hit up the free tickets. I was happy to go, and it was awesome. And I'll get to thank Gareth in person when he's here later this year. So. Well, how nice. Yeah. I'll comp you to my show. <laughs> no problem. Easy. I have paid to go see shows at Acme. Uh, it's been a long time. You've paid to see shows at Acme? Yeah, like when Louis C.K. was here a few years ago. Okay, and they sure. throw tickets on for 50 bucks. And sure. it's like, they're, I'm not, hey, try to give me a free ticket of the $50 no. show. No, I'm not doing that. I pay for yeah. those. Well, Brandon, for were, those. There, were there comps to that? Any comps to that show? Well, I don't think he's back there yeah, anymore. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I, he's shaking his head no from the office. I bought tickets you. to both nights. Uh, see? Yeah. Uh, just to make sure. I could go, uh, and I was I was in town for one, and I gave gave the other tickets away. Oh, you know what I loved about wasn't that show? To me, but thanks. It wasn't. Well, you you know you know you. Uh, oh, you bought tickets. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> what was great about that show was locking up your phone, and uh, I haven't been to a ton of shows where that happens. But at Louis C.K. show here, they locked your phone up, right? Yeah, they put it in yeah, a little, yeah. little magnetic bag. You mm -hmm. couldn't get to it. And I was here about 25 minutes before curtain. So through the door, phone locked up. And I'm sitting, I was kind of back by the sound booth there. And I remember I used to come here as a kid. I get my mom to sneak me in when it was David Wood's Rib Tickler. It was a comedy magic club. I know we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. But the club is the same layout. It's the same setup. It's, it's kind of some of the same chairs, I think. And uh, it was incredible to watch this room in a time machine because the entire audience for 20 minutes before the show started was having conversations. They were in a room together, excited for the same show, not checking their Insta, not posting, not texting, not, you know, like it was amazing. And the scary thing was how many, I, I became very aware of how many times, and it was embarrassingly a lot of times that I had the impulse to do something with my phone. Check a thing, do a thing, yeah. take a note. I don't know what. It's just this has become such a ubiquitous part of our being, and I don't know if I like it. I don't like it. Just yesterday, I was uh, looking at Instagram, closed it up because nothing was, you know, getting those little uh, rewards in my brain from looking at it. And within two seconds of closing it, whoop, opened it right back up and looked at the exact same thing. 
How does my brain not register that? That you were just looking at this exact same app. It was Mm-mm. instinctively. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's no good. That's no good. Uh, we need to talk about. So I, I, you probably told me before, but that first night here when you went on stage, mm-hmm. wh- how much magic was in that act? Oh, uh, the open mic night? Yeah. The open mic night? It was just jokes. It was just, you know, three minutes. It was just uh, a few jokes. Um, you were I, already practicing magic oh, at 100%, that point. Oh, 100%. Because you started when you were a kid. You Absolutely. I, and, and I'll tell you, when I went on stage, I remember I had a deck of cards in my pocket. And uh, when I've, you know, there was, a, there, was a, there was a couple years where I was really focusing on straight stand-up just to work that muscle and develop that voice and, and try to find out what, how I speak, how, how I speak funny on stage sure and uh, so no magic because i i knew the magic I'd, i got my ten thousand hours doing table to table magic at tgi fridays for a decade you know like mm-hmm. i knew that uh and the stand-up was the nut to crack uh but i always had a deck of cards in my back pocket you know like my parachute right like sure like if the stand-up went south i knew i i i had a, uh, I was hedged uh and I don't. I don't have any memories of actually uh, turning to the cards. Okay. You know, during that time. Do you remember the first time you got laughs mixing the two, magic yeah. and comedy? Yes. Yes. It was. Uh, it was on this stage, and it was a joke about um, football and sports, and uh, it was like three three beats to the joke. You know, uh, and I remember being so nervous. I was like, okay, I'm doing my magic show, but I'm gonna. After the card thing and before the the newspaper thing, I'm gonna I'll do the joke, and okay, here comes the joke. And I was so I was so freaked out, and then I do the joke. Here's the joke, and it it got a great laugh, and I panicked and rushed to the trick, rushed <laughs> it, and then finished the show. And backstage, I was like, oh, ah, maybe I'm funny, you know? Like it was it was uh, it was adrenaline. It was it was amazing. I bet because it feels so. Stand up so uh, naked, you know. It's just, it's just raw. It's you, your words, your thoughts, and it's immediate. The litmus test. It's an immediate result, you know. It shows up on the, you know, you dip the paper with the joke, and then either they laugh or they do not. And if it's a, if if it's a good joke, they pretty much laugh unanimously. And if it's a bad joke, they pretty much don't laugh unanimously. So it's really a, it's walking the edge. How much are you performing right now in late spring? Well, now we're in summer, early summer of uh, 2023. How much are you performing? I'm performing uh, consistently right now, and uh, and it's I'm gonna say thankfully a little light, right? Because uh, August, uh, I dive in, and my August, September, October is. You know, I was just talking to Charlene, and she's like, uh, you know, I was telling the boys, we probably won't see Daddy much. You know, I, I have a nice, very, I'm very thankful, and I pray I don't get COVID because that that would fuck everything up. You know, at least for a couple of weeks in the middle of that. Yeah. But I've got a nice, I've got a nice schedule. Are you still doing uh, colleges? Is that a thing? Uh, yep, it's a mix you? of colleges, corporates, corporates, and I'm going to do a bunch of uh, Air Force bases. Uh, that's sort of the the meat of my my fall end of summer fall tour. Air Force bases. I know. Is it, what's any significance of you know? It's um they they have you know uh, infrastructure to bring entertainment 
because families live on these bases. It's not just military guys, but you know they have they have whole grocery stores, cities, you know, uh, fast food, entertainment, movie theaters. Like people live there, and they're kind of isolated. Oh sure. And so uh, I feel pretty. I feel fortunate that I, I get to be what what brings smiles to their faces. You oh, know? that's really cool. Yeah, it was do you get, super. Do you spend a night or two in the barracks or whatever they call you them? Know, or I, Air I will Force stay people? on. I will stay on site. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it's it's pretty rigorous. It's it's back to back. It's a tight schedule. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. I know. Bring me up in a plane. Do you ask for that? <laughs> no, I did wonder. Like, uh, so do I pay for airfare or? <laughs> but no, I am doing. I am. Uh, I do have to book my travel. <laughs> Funny. Did uh, uh, so? I want to. I want you to share with something you mentioned before we started recording is about a magic school camp that you attended. Oh yeah. And how was that current to you now? Well, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, no, when I was uh, when I was 12, I'd been into magic for a couple years. And I went to a YMCA camp just right over uh, across the river, Hudson, Camp St. Croix. And my boys are going there next week, uh, sleepaway camp. But I, a kid in my <laughs> cabin, John Hess, he had, all I had was like magic from a magic kit. You know, I had like almost trinket props, you know, like simple stuff. And this guy had, it was like a, a military ammo box. And in it, he had a handful of like professional caliber magic tricks like whoa like next level stuff and he told me about a magic shop in downtown minneapolis called eagle magic so john hess and i started meeting uh every saturday we could and hanging out all afternoon at tan uh, at a eagle magic shop and then one one weekend he comes in he's like there's a magic camp sponsored by tannin's magic shop in new york city and we gotta go and i begged my mom uh to you know use whatever college savings we had, you know, like this, this is my, this is important. This is, this is my career, you know, 12 years old, uh, but she did it. I can't believe it, but I talked her into letting me go for one week. And at that time it was in Long Island, uh, at, at LaSalle Academy. And that was, you might remember LaSalle Academy, uh, was a military academy that had advertisements in the back of comic books. Like it was this whole, but it was this, so this sprawling campus and for one week, professional magicians, were the counselors, and every night there was a professional show. Uh, Tony Spina, who was running T Tannen's Magic Shop at the time, they did a big convention in the fall, so they would audition acts by having them perform for free at the camp to then get booked at the convention. It was a perfect storm. Yeah. But I saw more magic in that week than I'd seen my entire life, and a guy named Richard Sanders, an amazing magician from Canada, he was my counselor, and he taught me a four coin, four card matrix. This is a, a routine that actually was invented by a local a Minnesota magician named Al Schneider. Incredible sleight of hand miracle. Uh, and he taught me a simple handling of it. And up until then I thought all magic tricks were, were done with, you know, tricky props, things that had a tr secret flap or a thing, you know. And this was just coins and cards. And it was better than anything I'd seen with a trick flap or, you know, yeah. uh, dingus. And it, I was like, wow. And that was, that was the game changer. 
Uh, cut to, I'm 18 at a magic convention in Ohio, and I run into these guys, Steve Cohen and Mark Sisher, and they're like, hey, we went to Tannen's Magic Camp. I went to Tannen's Magic Camp. They go, we go back as counselors. I'm like, what? You can go back as a counselor? So 18, I started going back every summer I could and teaching uh, magic tricks to young aspiring magicians. And this last last week, I went back. It was Tannen's Magic Camp uh, last week, and uh, this year I brought my sons. And uh, it was a it was a it was a gamble because they're not into it, you know. They but they they really had a good time, and they 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 now they're practicing shuffling, and they know a couple tricks. And what do you mean by they're not into it? What, it what's I mean, it? like I've never pushed them to be like, uh, you know, Benny uh, has done my youngest has done the school talent show a number of times, and I help him, you know, I will produce a magic trick for him to perform, and he's crushed. He's amazing. He's awesome. But I caught him once with some books checked out from the library, working on a, like a sleight of hand thing with a pencil and a coin. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but those books were returned and, you know, they're into Fortnite and doing other stuff. Sure. Um, but they like, they like magic. So the gamble was, it's a week. And these kids were like me, like into it. These kids are so into it and f focused. And some of them are incredibly accomplished. And I was just nervous, like, if they would just get bored, you know, day two, like, too much magic, because uh, it's nonstop. I mean, there's no horseback riding. There's no canoeing. It's magic camp. Um, Any girls? There are. There were the, Out of 110 campers, there was about 20 uh, young women that are into magic now. And, they and let this is co-ed camping at the... It's co-ed camping. Now they're, we're they're, talking. They're in a separate dorm. Well, listen, but you're co-ed camping. Talking. You know what, Justin? Irrelevant, because remember, it's a magic camp. <laughs> so like, the, <laughs> if you are a boy, you don't know what a girl is. You're like, <laughs> how's, what's, what's her French drop look like? You know, like, uh, that's a coin trick. Uh, um, but yeah, it was, uh, and it's nice. It is nice that the, the numbers of uh, female campers is increasing over time you know used to be none you know I'd, I'd there's, there's not very female magicians that uh you know have risen to prominence yeah and it's nothing genetic it's just i think the field uh it's been pretty uh male-centric you know sure you kind of picture a magician you think of uh, uh the the female, the female factor and that is getting cut in half helper, or yes. holding the tray mm -hmm. something like that mm -hmm. which actually uh, often a magician's assistant is just as they're just as skilled and important to the magic happening as the frontman magician, uh, but you'd never know it, and uh, so no glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I'm very proud of you, for, or happy for you for able to do that with your kids. That's it was awesome. so cool. That's, yeah, that's really. And they awesome. say they want to go back, but again, no pressure. Uh, I wouldn't take it personal. You know, part of it was like, are they going to figure out how, maybe, they, maybe they'll th find out I'm not as cool as maybe they think I am, you know, because it's like, everyone's doing magic. Right, you know, right. It's, it's not so unique at Magic Camp. I wonder if there's any, like, um, you know, like in sports, it'll be like, oh, the coach's kid. Oh, sure, I, you get to be on the first line because you're the coach's kid. You're the uh, and they're the magicians' kids. Like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna get picked first to do demonstrations because you know, teacher knows Derek. I did. I asked them actually, like before we went. I'm like, hey, do you guys want me to keep your identity as my sons? Like, do you not want me to announce it? Do you want to keep it secret? Do you want me to let people know? Like, where's your vibe? And they're like, ah, either way. You know, they were totally cool about it. They didn't have any feelings about it. Um, 
they did tend to they they stayed in the their own dorm room dorm room together and they kind of ate their meals together they were in separate classes but they really seemed to uh stay in their comfort zone together and part and i don't think they felt like outsiders i i wondered if it wasn't partially due to covid you know like socialization i've not, i haven't seen them in school interacting with groups of kids this was the first time where i was like with them for lengths of time sure. in large groups and you know they were kind of in their pod and i and i and they were okay with it you know it wasn't like stressful for them and they didn't feel like excluded but it it was like wow are they not as proficient at making friends or bridging a gap with strangers as I and you were when we were growing up. Right. You know, that's a partially because of this stuff. They don't have phones yet, but they certainly have digital lives. Congratulations on that. No phones yet. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Edward turned 12 at camp. I'm sure and, you're, uh, I'm sure that's a battle. You are not done fighting. I, I would they imagine. haven't asked yet. They haven't asked. That's good. Uh, but my Charlene is talking about it maybe for safety, you know, like, because we don't have home phones anymore. Like, if we're out and about, how do you, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a whole. Or just get them chipped. Yeah, get them chipped. <laughs> just get them chipped. Yeah, like that black mirror yeah. where you can actually chip them and then see on your phone what they see and what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I don't want that. That's I don't too want much. that. I don't want that. No, my my oldest are teenagers now. I don't want to see what you do not. they're seeing. I'm. Change, change the, uh, change the facts to protect Channel Dad. change. Channel change. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, you did a dry bar special. I did a dry bar special. I don't. That's relatively new. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It just came out in the spring. Uh, I don't know how to promote anything to save my life. So, uh, but it's out there, and it's um, I'm I'm happy about it. Yeah. Uh, it was the first round of taping they did after. Was COVID was you know after COVID, but uh, so there was a socially distanced live audience. Um, I wonder if I wonder. I, I do think like ha- having maybe I could have held out for a, a more full room. You know, more oh. more. I, I'm totally happy with the taping, and it and it, and it went very nice. Um, it's just you know, I, I didn't necessarily feel like. We were blowing the roof off the place. Interesting, you know. Uh, but again, it was a very nice crowd. But because the room was, imagine, you know, tables spread out at a distance, like it was. I got to be honest. I so I haven't watched the whole thing, but I watched several of the clips that are posted on YouTube. Yeah, I guess I didn't notice. That no, you don't. You really don't. You some, really don't. I mean, I. They showed the audience. I know there was one. There was an audience participation. She absolutely, came up and- absolutely. No, it was great. I have no complaints about hmm. it. Uh, you know, I feel fat. I feel fat in it. You know, like I went shopping like the week before. I wish I had hired a stylist or something because you know I thought black, so I'm wearing this black sweater under a jacket. Sure. But like, the, it's too tight. You know, my, I'm like, I feel like my hair is too slicked back. You know, it's all vanity. Nobody's- Anything, something gets released. You know, I don't post a lot. You know, uh, I'm. That's to my disadvantage in this day and age i guess yeah right yeah i guess uh um i i I just i I do kind of have this belief that live performance is a live performance you go see a live performance and uh so i haven't done many you know things that have been taped and then broadcast i mean i was surprised to see that you did one of these like interesting like i I don't uh i'm i'm a big fan of yes and 
Sure. You know, in life, you know, I remember d- doing improv at Dudley Riggs. I was part of their, uh, you know, their uh, Sunday company improv group, sort of their, you know, that's the uh, JV uh, improv improvisers back okay. in the day. Sure. Uh, not main stage, but the Sunday company. And, uh, but learning, learning improv and that rule of yes and in improv, where you get a suggestion, you say yes and, and you add. And I, was, I remember leaving, walking down Hennepin, and I might have been a little high, but I was like, oh, that's like a life philosophy, you know? And it really is. So uh, uh, a guy, a friend of mine, uh, had a relationship with Tribar. He books a lot of clean acts. He's a corporate booker, and uh, he, ha- he had a couple comics do it and was able to bridge that opportunity. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? And uh, it's pretty cool. I did you get it. to come up with the title for it? I did. They asked, uh, what would you like to call it? And since it's a Mormon based, um, you know, production company, I was like, uh, how about magician on a mission? It's pretty good. It's not bad. Right. Yeah, and I good. asked them, I was like, would, would your, would the audience base be offended by that? And they're like, we don't think so at all. And I was like, awesome. Oh, there you go. Uh, did you read any of the comments on some of that? I don't read anything. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you all the bad ones. No. Please. I want to read you a couple of the comments. Yeah, please. These are, these okay, are safe wow. ones. Okay, I'm actually nervous. Okay, well, this is the one... Uh, it, I will just say that this he is He looks a, fat. This is a... <laughs> <laughs> Why is this fat magician? <laughs> so, I mean, you already brought it up. These are all comments about what you look like. Uh, no. Come on, Derek. Uh, no, they... Uh, <laughs> I did have one guy from Sweden uh, reach out directly because uh, he wanted to know where I got that awesome jacket. And I totally turned them on. It's uh, Aviator Nation. It's the same as this hoodie. Like, it's a, it's a brand out in uh, California. But So that was kind of cool. Anyways, what are these comments? Let's hear these comments. Uh, th- this was based on a, this was the, this was on a clip of you. It's one you do where it's a uh, member of the audience comes up and participates. Okay. That's all people need to know. Uh, so one of the comments here is, definitely planned, LOL. People are so deceived. If he tells you it's not planned, definitely believe him. Wink emoji. Oh, funny. Yeah. Does that make you feel... Because obviously, you know and I know that it's not... You haven't spoken to this person in 100%. the audience that is going to help and participate. Uh, there is no... There's no secret behind that. There's no... You haven't talked to this person yeah, in advance. I, I, and I the w- fact that anyone thinks that, you have to take that as a compliment every time, right? I do. I, I will tell you, I don't use any stooges or plants, and I never have. Never is someone interacting with me in my work as a magician where they're going, wow, and they're totally in on it. Um, they're, they're just as amazed as anybody watching. Yeah. Uh, there's, no, there's no fake amazement. Um, but you can't, and, and a huge compliment, and it happens all the time, where people come up and go, it was everybody in on it? Like, they just can't wrap their head around the, what happened happening. But here's a, here's, here's a story, okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm consulting pr- producer on a hidden camera magic show called The Carbonaro Effect, okay? And so we're shooting one day, and Michael Carbonaro, the star of the show, we're in a nail salon, and the woman that gets seated next to him, she's the mark. She doesn't know there's hidden cameras. She doesn't know she's on a TV show. And she, at one point, she looks over, and she's like, oh, you kind of look like uh, that Michael Carbonaro. And Michael got really good at deflecting this. Like, he was like, oh, who's that? She's like, oh, uh, he's got a TV show. What is it? She's like, oh, it's like a hidden camera magic show where he does impossible things and people are amazed. He's like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. She's like, yeah, but everyone's a paid actor. It's, it's all bullshit. And he's like, oh, really? She's like, yeah. 
Five minutes later, he's cooking a corn dog in his foot bath, you know, like <laughs> making lunch. Uh, and she's freaking out. And then he's like, surprise, you're on the Carbonaro effect. Here's, here's, uh, here's the moment. So how do you feel about uh, everyone being an actor? And she goes, well, I'm not, but everyone else is. Justin, if someone has a belief, earthquake, Armageddon. Flat earth. Yeah. <laughs> it, who, nothing will shake. That initial belief, if they've locked in and hunkered down, it's. I think it's human nature, and it's sad. And I think it's. I think it's at the root of our divide, right now, because we we've decided that blue states or red states, you know, like we we hunkered down on our belief, and uh, and then, pff, good luck changing it. Yeah. Even in the face of all the evidence in the world, you know, she was there, but she, everyone else is fake. Wild, right? Amazing. There, but there, yeah, I, there, yeah. There also has to be a feeling. I guess this is what you're saying. Is like, uh, no, I'm that good. Like, you can believe. What am I gonna do? Argue with? I mean, like, no. Uh, because of that you're experience. You're tricked because I'm that good. Don't you just want to yell that in somebody's face sometimes? Like, <laughs> you're tricked because well, I'm no, that good. No one's confronted me directly, like, <laughs> like in any aggressive way. Like, you're, you're bullshit. It's all fake. Yeah. You know, and it's all fake. I mean, they're not planted, right. but I've practiced yeah. deception and, uh, you know, creating a dual reality so people believe they have the perception of impossible things happening. I saw a video. It's, I know it's several years old, but I don't think we talked about it. It was with uh, your boy David Blaine uh, with Michael Jordan, and he's trying to do a card trick. And then Jordan has the cards behind his back, and part of it is supposed to be David Blaine goes, all right, shuffle them, and he hands it back, and da, 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 da. And then Jordan's like, oh, I, I tried to get one over on you. I didn't shuffle them. And the card, and of course, the trick still works. Sure. Yeah, whether Jordan, you know, did what he was instructed to do but with participation or not. Have you seen this at all? I haven't. Okay. I haven't seen that bit. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've uh, experienced that, where people try to, like, sabotage when, uh, when they're called as a participant. Yeah, I I want to throw this out there. Like my my persona and my point of view comes from a place of joy and love and fun. So, I don't get a lot of like I want to I'm going to fuck with this guy, you yeah. know, like cuz I'm not I'm not trying to make you believe that I have I play with that notion in my show. I find a skeptic in my audience during my show and but we have fun, you know. You're um, so good at that, Derek. Your enthusiasm of when you're just throughout your whole show, your enthusiasm is awesome. And then the way you uh, handle the person who the the skeptic, it's I'm always impressed. Oh, I think thanks, that's just man. awesome. I really thank do. you. And that and that. So I feel like by not being not being you know I have very little ego, right? Sure. Um, and so I feel like that diffuses any attempt to pull one over. Sure. And if sometimes people, yeah, sure, there's there's a, like a real hard logic minded human, and they wanna, and I just I'll note it. I'll go, wow, you're really shuffling those cards, you know, and uh, you know, have go down. I'll yes and that, yeah, and go down that rabbit hole and see where it ends. And and I may have to improvise a new ending uh, at times, you sure. know. Okay, very rarely happens yeah, though. Yeah. Uh, one more thing we have to talk about yeah. is that. 
So I play, well, I did play softball for a uh, bar in St. Paul that had to close down for a bit a year or two ago because they were filming a movie on location at the Spot Bar oh, hold on. in St. Paul. You play ball for the Spot Bar? Yes. You guys, this is the most dive amazing yeah. Midwest bar yeah. ever. Uh-huh. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. So you know what the spot is. Yeah, I do know the spot bar because that's where uh, Hamish Linkletter and Lily Raby, uh, husband and wife, artists, actors, directors, uh, shot their movie Downtown Owl, which just premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York City, where I walked the red carpet. And I have pictures on Getty Images. Uh, <laughs> uh, it felt so fancy. I went to the premiere uh, of this film. I, I scored a small role as uh, one of the locals in this uh, adaptation of a Chuck Klosterman novel called Downtown Owl. It was so cool. Awesome, man. Yeah. I really thought, you know, after 20 years in LA and, you know, 10 of those years was really 100% acting. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I had babies, so I started hitting the road more and then really became personal appearance was the main flow. And uh, that's what allowed me to move back to Minnesota because really at that point all I needed was an airport. Sure. Uh, but I did think like, okay, well, acting's done, you know, and then to have a feature film come through and, and score a nice, fun role and, uh, and then to see it out there. I don't know where, where they'll get, you know, it'll, I don't know if it'll do like theaters. Um, as of now, it's not available anywhere. Uh, right. It's just doing the festival circuit, I think. Okay. And it premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. I know that uh, Hamish developed the script in part with Sundance, like he was part of the Sundance program. So I thought it was for sure going to premiere at Sundance. Um, so I was surprised. They came out, uh, I performed the Magic Castle in March for... Tannen's Magic Camp Week, where all the performers at the Magic Castle were alumni of this camp that we're speaking of. Awesome. And uh, I had Hamish and Lily out as my guests one night uh, for the show, and that's where they told me it's going to be at the Tribeca Film Festival, and it's locked, and it's good. Where did you film whatever scene you're in? Or? I'm at the bar. All my stuff's so at the bar. So you are at the spot? 100%. <laughs> I fucking the whole time. love it. You got to yeah. be kidding me, dude. Incredible. Yeah. I, I loved it. And they, they, they added, they really didn't change much, but they added a couple of a things. A little bit. It's set in the I 80s. know what it looks like before, and yeah. I know what it looks like now. They changed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But what a cool bar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Is that your hang? I mean, well, I live in, I live closer to Camp St. Croix in Hudson, <laughs> Wisconsin now than I do to I the spot in St. Paul. Sure. Uh, and I've been, I'm usually really busy Thursday nights, as I was telling you before we recorded this, so I haven't been making it to either play or hang with the softball guys. I was going to go tonight. But because of the 4th of July uh, holiday, there's no game this week. So. I see. And that would have been, you know, go to the game and then go have some beers at the spot afterwards. What a nice hang. Yeah. No, it's yeah. great over there. Yeah. We, we, really like, uh, we really like that place. Yeah. Uh, my scenes, uh, Vanessa Hudgens was uh, on set a lot. Yes. During that run. And uh, Henry Golding, who's a fantastic actor from Crazy Rich Asians. And, but Vanessa choreographed a little dance scene that she and Lily do. And all the local towns men are kind of a part. They're they're peripheral to the dance. And uh, there's something on the wall now there that's autographed by some of the cast members. Oh sure, including okay. her. I don't. I wasn't looking for your name. Maybe it's on there. I don't I know. Not, I didn't sign anything. Okay. Okay. So, no. Son of a gun. Yeah, that's... it was super cool. I was just like, wow. Yes. 
Yes, and character name is uh, well. <laughs> is it is it is like it, a beggar that, number one, or do we have a name? No, no. That's uh, Kent Jones. Kent is how Kent I, Jones. Kent Jones okay. is how I'm in the in the. It's a great. Can I can I kind of kill it? Can I ruin it? Because uh, yeah, uh, it's a nice it's a nice scene with me and Lily. It's she's come to this small town and she's a new. She's come from Wisconsin and uh, you know Milwaukee, which is a bigger town than downtown Owl. And she's meeting the locals and uh, she's in the bar for the first time. And a, and a local comes up and is very awkward and invites her without saying his name or introducing himself, invites her to go see E.T., the new movie that's at the cinema, you know? And she's like, are you asking me on a date without telling me your name? Yeah, get out of here. He walks away. I approach her and I'm like, I got to apologize for Bullcalf. And Bullcalf is, uh, she's like, why are you calling Bullcalf? Uh, well, look at him. He looks like a tiny little Bullcalf. Uh, and then we find out everybody has a nickname, you know? And she's like, oh, that's funny. You don't, you don't have a nickname. Uh, you're the only one without a nickname. And I'm like, oh. Gosh, I never really thought of that. Then Vanessa Hudgens comes in. She's like, uh, get away from her, brother killer. And she's like, brother killer? She's like, what did he say? His name was Kent Jones? And I'm like, good night. And I walk <laughs> away. So I guess I'm brother killer. <laughs> and to, to my credit, in the, in, the, in the novel, I didn't actually kill my brother, but I almost killed my brother. So the nickname stuck. Okay. Yeah. Did, did you, had you read the book? before? You hadn't read the book. I hadn't read the book until I was auditioning. And when I when I found out I was auditioning, I read. Uh, uh, I immediately read the book. That book and every other book he read, just to be like, I, he's my I'm, I'm the biggest fan. No, I was just focusing on the one, uh, <laughs> the one, the most important book at hand. You know, I left uh, sex, drugs, and cocoa puffs uh, for another day. Um, <laughs> but it was actually really helpful. And uh, the audition process was they were they hired a lot of L.A. actors to come in, and, and you know, uh, Ed Harris is in the film. Yeah, fantastic. That's right. Um, but they also did they they the incredible pool of talent here in town and Lynn Blumenthal, incredible uh, casting director. Who, if there's ever a feature film that's been shot in Minnesota, Lynn Blumenthal is behind all the local acts uh, talent that you see on screen. She's such a champion and supporter. And uh, but I read for four of the roles, and I was cast initially as one, and then got another call. No, no, different one. And uh, I'm so happy I got Ken Jones. I think it's just a fantastic scene. There was sadly, there was a second scene that showed sort of an arc where my character then has like a whiskey contest with Henry Golding and uh, Hamish. He didn't have to do this, but at the after party, uh, at the screening, he, he apologized because that scene did get cut. So it's just one nice moment. In this uh, in this really fun quirky film, if it uh, I'll, well now I want to see that scene. Now I want to see the cut scene more than anything. Yeah, well as soon as it's available, I will be po I will get better at posting and I will post that scene. There you go immediately. Yes, I'm really yes. fat. I'm fat in it. I'm super fat. <laughs> Stop. No, you'll see it. You're like, oh, Derek's right. He where okay, uh, where else can people see uh, all different sizes of you in photo? What uh, social media? Gah. Stand up magician. Stand -up that's magician. that's everything. Stand up magician on Insta, on uh, TikTok, on uh, uh, Snapchat, and uh, standupmagician.com is my website. If anybody's interested, please join my email list, and I'll let you know when I'm playing. My calendar uh, is is there listed on the site, and a couple of clips uh, from America's Got Talent. Um, that little thing. Yeah, I had to pull my clip of. Uh, I had a clip from Ellen. Uh, but Jason Sudeikis was the guest host, and uh, he's the reason I did it. He 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 was he's super supportive and into magic. But the trick is about um, 
his his guest that day was his then fiance, and they've since split. Oh. And the whole trick was around. Uh, we don't have to say. You, the, we don't speak Voldemort here. In, in uh, the wild is what I'm saying. <laughs> you filmed that in the wild. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. So I was bummed, you know, as well, because this whole the whole trick I designed. I, I called him up and I was like, "Hey, do you think I could use the her engagement ring? You think she let me use that without without her being in on it?" That's and he's right. like, "I think she'd be I've cool with this. it." And the whole trick is about marriage and proposal. And so, fuck, useless, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> was that in the vows to death do us part who gets the uh, <laughs> the video of the magic <laughs> you know it's it's a it's just a bummer you know because they have two beautiful kids and uh i just if you were to see that episode of ellen to watch him interview uh her you just see so much love and uh you know relationships are hard though man hey. as we know Right. Divorced, remarried. Nothing harder. Right here, brother. Um, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. A absolutely. Yeah. But there's other clips, you know, linked <laughs> on the site. And uh, we'll keep an eye out for those. Yeah, man. Thank you, Derek. Uh, people come out to Acme. And if, they're, uh, if you're seeing this in time, come up to Acme and see the shows this weekend. I would love it. Please. I'd love to see everybody. Yeah, I'm telling you, Derek puts on an awesome, awesome show. It's funny. Your mind will be blown. It's it's really fun. And we got a great. We got Max Chapman, and we got Mo uh, featuring, and it's just a. It's a good. Uh, it's a good week too. It's a good. It's a good show. Hell yeah! I haven't seen Mo in forever. Yeah, he's been living in New York. He came awesome. back just to spend the week with us. God, come see Mo. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Justin. Thank you so much for listening to No Laugh Track Podcast, the show with a new headliner each and every week with me, Justin Severson. I get to host this thing. It's produced in the heart of Minneapolis's North Loop neighborhood at the legendary Acme Comedy Club. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and watch the video version on our official No Laugh Track YouTube channel. Wherever you are listening, drop a like, leave a, re leave a review, tell your friends about the show. Thank you.